you're listening to the Wobcast with the one and only, the legendary, the Hey everyone, welcome back to another Wob- edition of the Wobcast. Mike Wobshaw, by my side, producer and co-host Chris Corso, as we come to you from TCO Performance Center, the Vikings' new practice facility in Egan, Minnesota, and we come to you after a couple of weeks off from the Wobcast. Uh, we come to you distracted as we watch Masters coverage. That's right. As we, as we tape this. Um, but we have a jam-packed show to get to today. Um, today we will talk the Vikings' second wave of free agency. We'll talk about some trips VEN has made since the last Wobcast. We'll discuss some mock drafts. Of course, we'll answer some of your mail, and we're going to get to some news and notes, but I welcome in Chris Corso. Um, it's been a while, man, since we cracked the mic and talked to these Vikings fans, so what you got? I know. I kind of miss it. It's been it's been a little while. We've had a couple trips, a trip to L.A., a trip to, you took a trip to Orlando to the owners' meetings, which was pretty cool, and um, yeah, it's been it's been a little, it's, it's a quiet time, but also a busy time, and now we're getting ready to really get back into draft, and um, free agency's wrapping up, so so it's all good in yeah. Viking land right it now. It sounded like what you just said was sort of contradictory. You said it's a quiet time, but it's also busy. That's right. It's a quiet busy. Like there's lots of stuff going on. Agreed. Um, but it doesn't all like make the bottom scroll of ESPN or NFL Network. It doesn't all make the front page of the sports section. But there's a lot of stuff going on business side and front office side of the NFL at this time of year. Um before we get into some of that, um, like stuff that happened at the owners' meetings, let's go over some of the news and notes that you've collected, Chris. Some some roster moves that the Vikings have made, not household name free agent signings necessarily yep. since Sheldon Richardson and Kirk Cousins, but some interesting ones. Yeah, we're kind of at the second wave of free agency here, kind of where it's wrapping up a little bit. Um, you can always follow all of Vikings, all of the Vikings free agent moves on the free agent tracker on Vikings.com. We keep track of every single move that's made here at TCO Performance Center. But a big move um, a couple days ago, and that was the signing of Kendall Wright. He was actually the Bears' number one wide receiver last year um, when it comes to yards and um, catches. So he he was a big-time player with the Tennessee Titans. Um, Back in 2013, he actually recorded in a 1,000-yard season um, with 94 catches that season. So he has the ability to really be – a number one wide receiver back back in his past and now at this point in his career he's more of a guy who you see really being able to contribute from the slot um, and of course we have Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen that can play on the outside or the slot but now you have a real um, veteran slot wide receiver that, that you can throw um, on the inside there and kind of where Jarius Wright used to play for the yeah. Vikings so I think it's a big time ad and Take them away from the Bears as well, so it's yeah, good stuff. That's a good point. You do take a, a nice weapon away from a division opponent, so that, that is a, a plus. And I don't think we're going to sit here and tell people, you know, he's a can't miss. you got to draft him for your fantasy team. We, we hope he winds up producing that way. That would be great. But, I mean, we do have Diggs and Thielen, but Kendall Wright as your third guy. It's pretty good. That's pretty good. I mean, he's, you know, he's a proven guy, as, as Chris has stated with his stats. I mean, the guy can produce, so that's good. Um, it's, a, it's a nice pickup for the Vikings. Add some competition. Um, it's going to make Laquan Treadwell compete and be That's better, right. and it's going to make Caleb Jones compete and be better. And uh, and you know, I think when Kirk Cousins drops back, if Kendall Wright is out there, like he knows he can go to Kendall Wright, and Kendall Wright's going to be in the right spot at the right time. Kendall Wright in the right spot. Yeah, I like man. it. That's what he does. 
Kendall had some good things to say. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he had a, a conference call when he was introduced to the media last week, and uh, he spoke about his decision to come here. Yeah. So, And he really talked about how Kirk Cousins played a role in that decision. So um, definitely want to cut to that audio at some point here and uh, kind of show you how Kendall Wright really appreciates Kirk Cousins, played with a lot of quarterbacks over his career, and he thinks Cousins has the highest caliber of any of those quarterbacks. So All we'll right, take- let's hear the man talk. There we go. Hey, Kendall, what's your uh, – how much do you know Kirk Cousins? Have you gotten a chance to talk with him at all since he signed, or what's been your relationship with him if, you, if you've had one in the past? I, I, he uh, sent me a text. He sent me a text, and that's been it so far. Um, I think he was just uh, let me let me get settled or whatever, but I haven't really got to talk to him. I haven't really had a relationship with him, but I've heard a lot about him just – just from uh, knowing Robert. So Robert talked about him a lot, talked good about him a lot. How much did that uh, having Kirk play into your decision to sign here? A lot. That was a, he was a big part of the decision as well. I played with countless quarterbacks in my career and I've never played one with uh, with Kirk Cousins' caliber, I've never played with a quarterback who threw for 4,000 so that was definitely a big reason. Uh, the Vikings get another wide receiver in addition to Kendall Wright via the second wave of free agency. Chris Tavares King, f- most formerly of the New York Giants, signed with the Vikings uh, last week. Yeah, Tavares King, He was uh, he's a player that can catch punts and um, kicks as well and return those, so he can do multiple things, be, play on special teams as well. He's a quick wide receiver. Um, he's had previous stops with the Denver Broncos, Carolina Panthers, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Jacksonville Jaguars, so he's been around the league a little bit. Um, not as substantial of a starter as a as a player like Kendall Wright Mm -hmm. um he's appeared in 17 games with just three starts in his career um he did play in 15 games with the Giants and all three starts came in 2017 um he has 22 22 career receptions in his career three touchdowns and 303 yards but like I said he's a player who's been around and he can do multiple things and definitely continues to add that competition there that's the key competition I mean you're going to bring 10 11 12 receivers to camp you know with you you're going to have 10 11 12 guys with you during the offseason program which by the way starts as you've noted here in 10 days which is crazy um so you get you need guys to take reps and uh and Tavares King is certainly more than just someone who fills out a depth chart he's got a a shot uh especially if he can help you on special teams so um the Vikings went defense with another um second wave second tier free agent signing Chris that's right linebacker Rashard Cliette Um, a six-round pick in the 2015 NFL Draft by the Houston Texans. Um, He hasn't appeared uh, appeared in any NFL games, um, but he spent time with with multiple teams. He was actually a player at the University of South Florida, and uh, he was a quick linebacker there. And um, We know that the Vikings could always use some competition at the linebacker spot, so that's what he provides as well. Yeah, and... um you know, linebackers a lot of times play on some of your core special teams phases. I mean, a lot of times linebackers wind up being your leading tacklers on special teams. So if he can, if he can show his worth there, um, he's going to stand a better chance to make the roster. Obviously, we know that the starting linebackers here are pretty set. I mean, you got Barr and Kendricks. That's right. right. You so, got those two spots yeah, filled. And, and Ben Gedeon really, really played well. So you're looking for backups and, and reserves and um, guys that you can get out of a game with, guys you can put on special teams, and yep. guys you can develop. And, and Cleet fits the bill there. 
Um, speaking of special teams, one of our stars on special teams over the last six seasons. That's right, and, and he's the all-time um, leading returner in Vikings history. Marcus Sherrill's comes back and resigns with the Vikings. Um, just a great story. He's been out of the University of Minnesota and a Rochester, Minnesota native. So um, he resigns with the Vikings. He was one of those last free agents that was a core part of last year's team that comes back. And you know that he's going to be returning um, punts for the team as well as maybe kickoffs as well. So um, you don't have Jarek McKinnon anymore who went to San Francisco. So um, you're looking for those guys on special teams, and that's what Marcus Sherrills will always be able to do. So. Yep, for sure. And um, and I think, I think, you know, like like has been the case for Marcus for all of his career, there are going to be guys who come onto this roster that are going to try and usurp him yep. uh, for the return job, and Marcus will just try and fend him off like he's done every every year of his career. So It's crazy. Um, yeah, pr- pretty cool story, of course. Um, a few names still out there um, f- for the Vikings in terms of free agents that were with us last season, Michael Floyd, Sharif Floyd, Terrence Newman uh, among them. So we'll see what happens with those guys as the offseason program approaches. But by and large, you can go to Vikings.com to the roster page and, uh, and you'll see a, a fairly full roster. And that's pretty much who's going to be out there on the field once the offseason program begins here in, in a little bit over a week. So um, things are, you know, we're getting closer to having football back it's in awesome. terms of the offseason program and guys in the building and, and the energy level, um, you know, kind of increasing a little bit. So one of the things we do to fill the void here while players are gone, we started doing it last year. We did it again this year. We go out to NFL Network. Yeah. And um, they're very, very good at, at hosting us. Um, they make some of their talent available for us, their hosts and their analysts, and we get cha- a chance to collect uh, interviews and and you and and Ryan Cardinal put those in the can. You spread them out between now and the draft. That's right. So and now in the offseason program starting. So Vikings fans always have fresh content that they can consume. We had great conversations with guys like James Jones, formerly of the Packers, with Reggie Wayne, who's out there at NFL Network, um, with hosts like Andrew Siciliano and Rhett Lewis. And I understand you worked with some of the shooters and editors to uh, sort of do a best of from NFL Network, and you're going to play that sound. That's right. Let's take a listen to some of the best interviews that Wabi had when uh, we were over in Los Angeles this past week. Hey everyone, welcome back to NFL Network Studios in Culver City, California. Joined now by Cole Wright, the host of Mock Draft Live. What's up, man? Nothing much. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Good, At good. Firm handshake there, too. Thank you. You like yeah, the handshake? Nice, good. Nice. It's important when you're around Absolutely. here with you big timers, you know? That's right. I'll yeah. go that far. But we, yeah. we don't want to be timid. All right, let's talk Vikings. Sure. We signed Kirk Cousins. Yeah. What do you think about that? I think it's a groundbreaking move. I mean, yeah. you know, to go from having three quarterbacks, obviously, who can all play the position extremely well, to having a guy like Kirk Cousins, who not necessarily an unproven commodity, but unproven when he is the guy that the franchise wants. Mm-hmm. Not to say that the Redskins didn't want him before, but when you franchise tag, franchise tag, it, it just leaves you know a question mark that's in, in the deep recesses there. And I think that now he knows, okay, I'm still a starting quarterback, but this is the team that went out to select me. They, they went out there, they brought him in on their own accord, and I think that he could flourish. He really could. He enters a division with some good quarterbacks. That's true. Your your squad, the Bears and Mitchell Trubisky, we were impressed with Trubisky yeah. last season. Work in progress. Games. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But then, of course, you have 
Stafford and Aaron Rodgers. Very good division, yeah. I think, in 2018, the NFC North. It will be, and I think a lot of teams are, are hoping to live up to expectations. I know yeah. with Aaron Rodgers being back in the fold, I know a lot of Green Bay fans, you know, they're, they're setting the bar right about here. Yeah. Matthew Stafford alongside Matt Patricia, yeah. you know, they brought LeGarrette Blunt in. Yeah, I mean, you know, right. so we'll see how things go, whichever way they decide to go in the draft. And, of course, Minnesota and Chicago, you know, once again, it's, it's that hard-nosed, smash-mouth NFC North kind of football. You yeah. know it's going to be cold yeah. towards the end of the year, so if you don't have a running game, you could be in trouble. So it's good news. All right. Well, you're getting right up to it. NFL draft right around the corner. Sure. So this is busy for you guys. It is. Good luck the rest of the way. Thank you, sir. Say lots of nice stuff about the Vikings. Absolutely. Our, our fans love it when you talk about Delvin us. Delvin Cook's going to be back. So uh, NFC North, beware. There we go. Thanks, man. Appreciate no your time. Absolutely. Hey, everyone. Look who's here. Hey, everybody. Andrew Siciliano. What's up, man? Bobby, how are you? Good to see you. Uh, it's, it's great to be seen, especially out here in California oh, where welcome. it's really nice. We have sunshine and everything, and we brought you to the coldest, darkest corner of the building. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's mm-hmm. true. But uh, but that's okay because we're happy to be here. It's fun to chat with you guys and see what you do every single day. It looks like a fun place to be. The Vikings this offseason, did we get any better? We were 13-3. and three. We I won our division. I but heard, you heard you got a quarterback. Think we got better? Yeah, absolutely got better. I mean, you yeah. got the, the jewel of the free agent yeah. market. Now, look, we know that sometimes free agency can be can be fool's gold, but I don't think this is in any way the case. You went out and got the quarterback that everyone else wanted. The Cardinals wanted him. The Broncos wanted him. The Jets wanted him. Maybe varying degrees of interest, but the Jets certainly did, and they were in big from what we all understand. Kirk Cousins is, is a heck of a quarterback. He... Uh, he obviously only got the Redskins to the playoffs a couple of years ago, but there are other factors there, and there are factors that I think in play with the Vikings, like taking, taking over a team that has a number one defense from a year ago and mm-hmm. all that talent, that I, I think it is, is a perfect fit. He's a Midwesterner. Um, you guys are ready to win, and I think he could very well be that missing piece. Music to the ears of people watching this, by the way. Did, did, I, read, did I read the script right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, okay, hey, you mentioned the number one defense. Yeah. You know, Mike Zimmer, I mean, he's probably at Winter Park right now trying to find ways to get better. But mm-hmm. it is the number one defense. Uh, how, how, how can the Vikings get better on defense? When you watch our games, you know, you see a good defense. We signed Sheldon Richardson, mm-hmm. but is there a thing or two you'd like to see the Vikings defense maybe do a little better? Well, I mean, g- getting Sheldon Richardson is, is, I think, a great offseason for any team. I mean, we're, we're, we're talking about a legitimate pro bowler. Uh, a first-round pick who a couple of years ago, the idea of Sheldon Richardson being on a new team other than the Jets would have been just ridiculous. Same for Muhammad Wilkerson. Clearly, though, yeah. it didn't work out for either of them there. I think he proved last year in Seattle that uh, he could be a good attitude guy and play well. Yeah. And, and, and you knew one of those two was certainly there. You knew he was always going to play well. But uh, he, he proved that he's the team guy last year in Seattle, and I have no doubt that he will do the same with the Vikings. And when you take a number one defense and you add a guy with his talent. I mean, he has game-changing talent. He wasn't just a guy that was picked in the first round that got a nice contract. He has game-changing talent. Mm-hmm. And uh, for Mike Zimmer, for George Edwards, that is a, is a heck of a new toy to play yeah. with. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to NFL Network. We are joined now by Jim Mora, who's on the mend. Coach, what happened? Well, a little skiing accident. You know, uh, when I've gotten fired, I have a tendency to put my uh, energies <laughs> in a different direction, which has yeah. been skiing, and I've, this is my second knee injury after two firings. So either I don't get fired anymore or I don't ski anymore. It's dangerous everywhere for you, I it, guess. Yeah, it was worth it, though. All right, well, thanks for taking the time to join us anyway. My you're, pleasure. You're playing hurt. You're playing well, injured. It's fun for me to talk about the Minnesota Vikings because I have a lot of connections there. You and do. a lot of people I really respect with well, that organization. Well, let's start with two of them who are players because I know it's also our assistant GM, George Payton, and some other guys, but let's start with guys on the field. 
Anthony Barr and Eric Kendricks, you coach those two guys. Yeah. What do you think it's like for Mike Zimmer to coach those two guys? You would know. Oh, I think he probably enjoys every minute of it. You know, they're two young men, men now, that, that come to, to, the, to the facility every day prepared to do their best, to do good work, to take good notes, to study, to uh, go out and have great practices, to demonstrate leadership and a great attitude. They uh, are two of the finest that I've ever been fortunate enough to coach. And uh, you, you see it reflected in their play. You know, you, you, when you listen to the way they talk, uh, how they present themselves to the public, they're always doing it the right way. And so I can only imagine that, you know, as much joy as I got out of coaching those mm -hmm. guys and as much as I appreciated their influence on others around them, I, I would hope that it's the same in Minnesota. Well, it's interesting because you were a head coach in the NFL and at the college level. So when you get two players who played together, and not just on the same team, but the same position mm -hmm. group in college. There's some value to that synergy in bringing those two guys to your pro team as well? I think so. And not only did they play together, but they were the best of friends in college. Yeah. And they remain the best of friends now. And, uh, you know, they spend an, an inordinate amount of time together. They're, you know, they're, they're like brothers. Yeah. And I think that uh, there's a dynamic between them. There's some things that can go unspoken. Um, they work out together. There's things they talk about that I think probably help them through good times, tough times, and then on the field, I believe there's just a, there's a connectivity between them that, uh, that helps them both excel. And I think they also push each other. It's very unique, and, and it's very powerful. And, and I think what you see and the Vikings are seeing is you know, a real dynamic there that is, that is uh, it's fun to watch. And they're just going to keep getting better and better. Yeah. I mean, they're just starting their careers. Yeah, and, and we hope so. And, and they're playing for a head coach and Mike Zimmer, who's been around a long time, and I know that you know Coach Zimmer. Mm -hmm. You know, when you look at year to year, a lot of stuff changes, but it, it's Mike Zimmer's defense. Yes. And, and he says it's the Minnesota Vikings defense. So we'll, we'll use his term. When you look at a Vikings defense, what's tough about that with Mike Zimmer at the helm? Well, I th first of all, I appreciate the way he phrases that because it shows his unselfishness. Yeah. And uh, I think that kind of is reflected in the way they play. Um, they're very fundamentally sound. They play well together. There's a synergy amongst those 11 on the field on mm -hmm. every single down. They tackle well. They play hard. They run to the ball. They never look confused. They're able to attack with pressure when they need to, and it's always very sound pressure. But there's just a level of confidence that they play with that I think is born in the fact that they're so fundamentally sound. They work on the details. Uh, they've mastered the details, and they understand how each of them fit in each particular defense. All right, from one trip to the next, Wabi was in Orlando, Florida with one of our shooters, Mike Huris, as well down there. Um, it was his first trip to the owners' meetings yeah. um, where all the NFL owners, the NFL coaches are all in one place, um, general managers as well, and Wabi had the chance to really sit down and talk to a lot of the experts, a lot of the analysts, as well as many members of the Vikings front office. Um, it was really cool to see some of that content on all of our platforms. So what I want to hear from Wabi, and, and this is something you can only get here on the Wabcast, is to hear just his takeaways um, from the experience. It was, it was your first time there, yep. and you talked to so many people. So what was that like? Well, first of all, the owners' meetings have sort of um – you know, the reputation of they go to some really luxurious, posh uh, resort and like it's a big vacation for everyone. And yep. and, and it, it, it that's what 
It is. It's at a nice place that does a great job of hosting the NFL, and it's usually in a resort city. This year, as you said, it was in Orlando. But make no bones about it, they do work there. They meet, they change rules, um, coaches and GMs get to have their say. Um, they, they do a lot of important business at these meetings, and it was cool to get a firsthand look at it. Now, I wasn't in all the important meetings necessarily where decisions were made, but, um, but you know, I was around and kind of got a vibe there. And um, I think it's a really important part of the, of the league, these meetings. And I know they have follow-up meetings in May every year, but these ones that they had in March are, are the main ones, the big ones. And um, there wasn't a ton of like earth-shattering business to be done. Some years have more of that than others. I think this year was maybe a little bit lower on the list. But a lot like the Combine, you get to see, talk to a lot of national media. So we had interviews of, of some of the, our favorite national media guys like Ian Rappaport, and we shared the those interviews with Vikings.com viewers. Um, uh, it's, it's a good place to network with people, to chat, to sort of get your your finger on the pulse of what's going on, um, get get some of the, the national media's idea of your yep. team at this point of the offseason. Of course, we had signed Kirk Cousins, so that was the first time we talked to a lot of people since After we that. signed Kirk Cousins. So it was really kind of a cool trip. I hope it's an annual one for us because um, we got a lot out of it, and I think Vikings fans enjoyed it. So I was really I really came away impressed. Uh, from the owners' meetings, both from an aesthetic and um, an enjoyment standpoint, but from a business standpoint, you know, I thought it was really cool to see that stuff, um, you know, up close and personal. So hopefully, we go back next year. I have to say, one of the best interviews I think you had was talking to Mark Dominic. Who? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I watched that one. I was like, wow, he's because he wa- he was a former um, GM for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's right. Now he works for Sirius NFL Radio. Yeah, yep. and he was kind of telling you what goes down there and and how he was preparing his draft board when he was a GM there based on what what other teams were doing as well and what other teams were talking about which was pretty cool yeah it was it was a cool trip and like I said I hope we do it again because I think we got a lot out of it from a content standpoint and I got a lot out of it from an education standpoint and uh, and so yeah that, that'll be uh, hopefully an annual trip for us and and got a lot out of it so one of the people I saw there speaking of national media was Peter Schrager there you go. Of Good Morning Football. Our best friend. Lore. Yeah, <laughs> we like Peter Schrager. And I understand Good Morning Football had an interesting debate the other day, and we're going to dip into that here a little bit. That's right. Good Morning Football debated their top five teams in a loaded NFC conference. Um, just looking at the teams in the NFC, there's so many um, that were in the playoffs last year, teams that weren't in the playoffs last year. So uh, we'll take a listen to a little bit of what these guys are debating over, and then we're going to make – um, our little picks yeah. based on what they say. Well, go ahead and throw my list up. I'm going to sit here and show you what my NFC teams is. We'll start right out the gate with the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, you can't argue with them. And you got the New Orleans Saints, I believe I had at number two. Number three, I, think I had, had the, Rams. the Rams and the Vikings. And then I had the Cardinals. Now, okay. I know people at home are saying, Nate, what in the hell are you talking about by putting the Cardinals in there? You have the Falcons. You have the, even the Seattle Seahawks. You can pick any other team. You're looking at the Cardinals. I do believe that David Johnson is that good of a player to where he is going to change the complexion of this team and change the complexion within that division and also the NFC. He is that good. And regardless of what you want to say about Bradford, this deal that he signed, and him being a China doll and being fragile, if he does stay healthy, he could play like one of the best quarterbacks in the NFC. Mm-hmm. It's a big if. But listen, you're counting on two ifs. Sam Bradford, like David Johnson, they got the wide receiver. Just signed my guy, DJ Duffelbags, along with Larry Fitzgerald. They got the speed, the power, mm-hmm. the weapons. I'm going with them at five. I like it. I'm not a big, traditionally, I'm not a big power rankings guy. I like to right. see the standings. I like to see what it is. I'm just, 
But this this, yeah, you were uncomfortable sure, when you did it. this. You didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it. It's so early to do it. It's so early. It's almost frivolous. But man, was it fun putting this together. <laughs> I was crossing things out all the time. Let's bring up mine. Let's see what we got here. Number, loves the number one, I went with the Eagles. I'm not going to take food off the plate of the Super Bowl champions. Number two, I went with the Vikings. I think they got better. I'm all in on Cousins. And there they are at number three. I'm putting the Rams right up there, guys. I do think they add this in. They were the best team in the regular season for much of the year. They add Woo! this. They add these players. If they went to the playoffs and won the division without Sue, Tlaib, Peters, and Cooks, why can't they be the number three team? Saints of four, Panthers at five. The team that I really struggle with not putting in there is not the Cowboys or the Packers and all that. The Falcons, because the Falcons beat the Rams in the playoffs. And the Falcons came one drive away from beating the Eagles in Philadelphia. I just feel like the Panthers were better than the Falcons in the regular season last year. The Panthers, I think, and the Falcons will be very interesting in that NFC South. And, oh, yeah, the Saints are still there. I, the NFC is loaded. Yeah. The NFC is so loaded. That's that was the fun. hardest thing I've ever to do for the show, mm -hmm. and it's an April 4th power rankings list. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, remember that speech you just made about Atlanta, because let's talk about my top five. Uh, the <laughs> NFC is loaded, but this is how it shook out. I'm going to put the Eagles at one. Wow. I love the Saints. I truly do. I yeah. love the Saints. I think they, they lost on an amazing, miraculous, crazy play that will never happen again. I love the Atlanta Falcons. Peter, you were just saying it. They went into the L.A. Coliseum and beat the best offense in the world. They were one play. If Julio Jones closes his hands around the ball, they beat the Super Bowl champions in Philadelphia. Even with the highs and lows of Julio Jones, one game he has 250, the other game he has four catches. It's not all you about do. Julio anymore, Nate. It's, well, it's truly is not. Is it about the office coordinator? You're putting that chemistry that they didn't have last year as third in the NFC? You know what I like most about them? The defense. I like Fast, that. nasty. They are incredible. I love Atlanta. I don't care if it's sexy. I don't give a damn. I am my third best team in the NFC. The Vikings... Fantastic team. Huge question mark. Yeah, is, is Kirk Cousins going to be Captain America? Hey, better yet, is Kirk I don't know. Cousins good? I don't know, Peter. I, I, Alex Smith might be better than him this year. In fact, I think he will be in Washington. Is he going to be better than Case Keenum? Case Keenum is good. Frank going crazy. He right is. Now. I hope he is because I hope for Cousins. And then I'm going to go with the Packers at five because they have the best player in football. You know who's not on my list at all? The Rams. Yeah. They have the Rams. We they're just not on my came list. off this conversation yeah, with the Rams. That's how good oh, the NFC is. Oh, I get it. I see what you're doing. The Rams for 2018 are the Eagles for you. So you're starting early. Nah. You're just motivating <laughs> yeah, right now. It is not the long I see con what, whatsoever. I see where going. It got okay. me fired up. Peter was saying, you know, name someone on the Rams who's ever won anything. Truly. It's Tlaib. a really a flashy Tlaib? team. Akeem Tlaib. A cornerback. The second cornerback. It is a really flashy, fun team. It's fun to talk about I'm a more of what have you done for me all those teams have skins on the wall in one way or another this is cool it's a dream team it's Stockton Malone and Christian Leitner you got to go and beat Angola first at least before I put you <laughs> in my top five I think to me I most related to your list but I was thinking who do I trust more the Rams or the Saints and it's still the Saints over the Rams until I see it we've seen their it defense on, on paper we've looks seen like it really on better. field we've seen the product on field and the Saints lost nothing We've seen them. The Rams mm -hmm. haven't last seen year. them yet. Yeah, that's true. Can't wait to see what happens. I mean, seriously, can we get some of these guys to take a chance and not have the defending Super Bowl champions number one? It's, like, too easy sometimes. Yeah. You, you got to go. I, I like Burleson going with um, the Arizona Cardinals at number five just because it's yep. a little different um, than, than what many people think, especially because three of the teams or many of the teams that made the playoffs last year weren't in the playoffs the year before. Right. So we know the differences that happen year, year in and year out in the NFL. But, man, some of these guys just going straight to the Eagles. I, I, don't, I don't like it. Yeah, man. Well, I'm putting us number one. I think we're the best team. Well, so, it, I mean, that's obvious. <laughs> so, I mean, now it's all about who's two through five. 
There we go. So let's talk about that. What would what would the Wobcast rankings be if you and I had to do this together? Um, I suppose we'll give respect to the defending Super Bowl champs and put them number two, right? Yeah, we'll put them number two, okay. um, especially since it's been reported we'll, we're playing them week one in yeah. Philadelphia. Um, yeah, we'll give them number two, especially in that game where I think we'll win. For me, number three comes down to New Orleans and Green Bay. I have mine. What's yours? New Orleans. They're uh, three? They're third. Then I, I, we have to have Green Bay fourth then. Yep. Okay. No, uh, a lot, and I don't think there was many of them that had Green Bay even in their top five. Which Ridiculous. I think he's – I mean, if, if Aaron Rodgers is healthy, they're in the top five in the NFC. Plain, period, yep. whatever you want to no put it. No doubt about it. Yeah, no, right. yeah, exactly. So, so I'll go New Orleans – three and green bay four if you agree with that yep i'm fine with that so now we have one more team to get in here i think the candidates are and let me know if i'm missing someone the candidates are rams panthers falcons falcons cowboys probably and you can maybe throw the seahawks in there but i don't think they make the top five cut i think i think it's rams rams or or falcons falcons yep I agree. I would go. I would go with. Um, I'm gonna go Rams. Hmm. You're one of these guys who loves what they're doing in free agency, probably, huh? I don't love it, but I think I go Rams over. We're doing the f- what Mayock does. Yeah. In his top fives yep. for by position for a draft, he has always got two that are like T five, T five, tied for fifth, tied for fifth. So he's actually got top six. Yeah. He cheats. We got to pick. We're one. doing that. Rams, Falcons, tied for fifth. Okay. All right. So All right. we got them both in. That's fine. So that's, that's the Wobcast <laughs> top five right now. Minnesota, Philadelphia, New Orleans, Green Bay, and then the Rams and Falcons tied for sixth. If we were doing an NCAA men's basketball tournament, March Madness, who got snubbed segment, um, the topics in that segment would be Carolina and Dallas. That's Those right. Those are teams that feel like they got snubbed. Agreed. Uh, but that's the Wobcast top five. Speaking of mock drafts. Uh, quickly, um, let's go over some of the, um, you know, obviously we do a weekly feature uh, for con- for written content, Mock Madness. That's right. Let's do an audio version of Mock Madness and, and scan the internet a little bit. Who are people mocking to the Vikings, Chris? So a lot of these experts are going with offensive linemen. That was the big theme of a lot of these mock drafts. You can see that in the Mock Madness um, article, as you, as you suggested, on Vikings.com. But um, Mel Kuyper Jr. going with James Daniels. Um, the guard slash center out of Iowa. Mm-hmm. Um, Daniels is his top-ranked center, um, but in this scenario, he sees uh, Daniels as an immediate starter at guard for the Vikings. Obviously, Pat Elfline is already the center for the team, so and he did a great job last year. Um, James Daniels, a, a candidate out of Iowa. I, I know you like those Big Ten offensive linemen. Wow. Yeah, and we've had good luck with Iowa guys yeah. in Vikings history. Yep. Jerry Burns, Jerry Reichow, Fred Zambrelletti, Chad Greenway, Wally Hilgenberg. I'm sure I'm leaving some out. You're so, going all the way back yeah, there. Yeah, man, like we, got, we got a good Iowa connection up in here. Riley Reef. Riley Reef. He's an Iowa guy. So, Absolutely. Um, you, you give me a big, beefy, corn-fed, Big Ten offensive <laughs> lineman, man, yeah, I'm in on that. So I'm cool. I'm cool with the guard center from Iowa. Gives you some versatility. Um, allows you maybe to keep Remmers at tackle if you want him to compete with Rashad Hill. Um, gives you a, another backup center along with Nick Easton who can back up Pat Elfline. So I don't think you can go wrong with a guy of this profile. I'm not here to scout James Daniels. I'm just saying profile-wise. 
that would make a lot of sense at 30. Looking at um, some of the other picks from some of the other um, experts, a lot of um, experts like Mike McGlinchey out of yeah. Notre Dame. We've mentioned him before on the Wapcast. He was uh, um, really high up there on the board. He dropped a little bit um, to where they think the Vikings can grab him at number 30. Um, McGlinchey's a big tackle, um, very athletic, very quick. He had a he definitely um, is a player that the Vikings would love if they want him to compete at that yeah. tackle spot, and maybe you move Remmers to the inside if that's I, the case. I, I feel like he's going to be gone. I think both Notre yeah. Dame offensive linemen, because they have a guard, too, who's Nelson, pretty good. Nelson, yep, yeah, Quentin Nelson. Nelson. I think they're both going to be gone. I mean, I think that the Vikings get McGlinchey at 30, man. That's, um, you know, that's very fortuitous. So that would be cool, though. I mean, that's what, that's what Charles Davis, my man Charles Davis, who we talked to at the Combine, Last month, two months ago, that that's you know he um, that that's his projection, and I hope he's right. That'd be pretty cool. And then Charlie Casserly um, is big on Connor Williams, the tackle mm-hmm. out of Texas. Um, he had a knee injury in college that sidelined him for a little bit, and um, he has that upside and size of a, of a NFL right tackle, um, and that's where. Charlie Casserly sees us taking um, at number thirty. So Connor Williams, a big. Um, Big upside, um, just has to work on his footwork is mm-hmm. is what experts say as well. Um, so that's that's a player who many experts have tracked for us is Connor if, Williams if, out of Texas. Yeah, if you if you give the Vikings a tackle, you know, at thirty, it's Connor Williams or Mike McGlinchey or whoever it might be. Colton Miller out of UCLA is another name. There you go, yeah. You know, now you've got because I think Rashad Hill is is a guy that can start games for you and you can win with him. And I think uh, if you take a tackle at 30, you're probably getting getting a guy also who you can win with. So now you'd have Riley Reef, Rashad Hill, and this guy at 30. I think you'd be pretty set um, for, for three left tackles. And, and you need three left tackles. You yep. need a guy who can swing and be a backup for both. Um, and uh, and so that, that would be super cool. Now, NFL.com's Lance Zerline goes back to the interior, uh, very similar to what Mel Kuyper Jr. did with James Daniels. Lance Zerline has Isaiah Wynn, the guard from Georgia, as his projection for the Vikings. So, you know, I think the great thing about having Mike Remmers is I think we can play him inside or outside. And so that gives you the ability at 30 to take the best guy. If you want to take an offensive lineman to take the best guy of the guards and tackles, you don't have to pigeonhole one position. So that would be pretty cool. That's right. We do have – sorry, what were you going to say? No, uh, yeah, I was going to say the same thing. It's You can go inside or outside. Isaiah, when you, we all know the running game that Georgia had this season going all the way to the national championship. So he's another guy who can really be a run blocker as well as a solid guy on the inside as a pass protector. Now, if you want a run stopper and a solid guy on the inside of your defense – Albert Breer of the Monday Morning Quarterback has a different projection than anyone else. He goes D-tackle. That's right. Maurice Hurst, um, he's a player who did not compete at the Combine because of a heart condition um, that may cause him to slip a little bit from where he was previously uh, projected earlier in the draft. Um, it doesn't change the kind of player he is, says Albert Breer. So um, he, This is a player who's athletic. He causes chaos, according to Breer, and he's a player that Mike Zimmer can really um, see at that three technique position obviously we have Sheldon Richards Sheldon Richardson there right now but um, him being a short-term deal there and in the, in the on the inside you definitely want to develop a younger player there as yeah, well so for sure and you know we got Jaleel Johnson who we're going to develop and if you can take a tackle at 30 and develop that guy behind Joseph and Richardson you're really starting to get some depth at a, at a position where depth is critical I mean you need depth along the defensive line, and taking a D tackle or D end at thirty would uh, would really enhance the Vikings' depth up front. 
All right, we're going to the mailbag questions. Um, the first one is from Larry. Yep. If the league is trying to tweak the kickoff again, but they're okay with punts, then why not just start in punt formation at the 50-yard line? I think this lends itself to some options that could be exciting, like teams would start out engaged right away. Teams could pin their opponent deep inside the 20, or the defense could block the punt. If teams wanted to have an onside kick option, they could fake the punt and throw the pass, but would also that that pass would have to be caught 10 yards beyond the line of scrimmage, or it would be the other team's ball at the spot of the catch, says Larry. That's he, Larry's going out there with some rule so, changes. Yeah, all right, so here's the deal. I, I don't want to get rid of the kickoff. I like the kickoff. I, I think love we should the kickoff. Keep the kickoff. If they want to make touchbacks more likely and try and enhance the safety, whatever, they can do that. But I don't think we should get rid of the kickoff. All right, that being said, a lot of these rule changes kind of make it seem like they're trying to get rid of the kickoff. Yeah. Um, I like Larry's idea here, thinking outside the box, with starting with a punt. I think that's cool. Here's the problem. The problem is you take away the onside kick. The league does not want to take away the onside kick. Yeah, you, you know? always want teams to have a chance to get back so, in the game. Right. So now he's saying, well, you can just fake a punt as an onside kick. And I'm saying, well, then you're not going to have your punter out there. You would just put your offense out there. Yeah. Right? So you're going to have to come up with like a fourth and 25 situation or, or something like that where if you're going to try and fake it, you got to get 25 yards. Now, that's a lot tougher than a, a um, you know, ten yard onside kick. So I, I like this idea. I think it's got some good elements to it, but I think it's a hard one to make happen. You yeah, know? he's thinking outside the box. But I like though. the outside the box idea. If anyone right. else has kickoff change ideas like this one, send them in so we can read them on the Wobcast. Next one from Jeff Kilty out of Sacramento. I want pass interference to remain a spot foul penalty. One of the reasons I have trouble watching NBA and even college hoops is the frequency an announcer can say good foul on that play. Mm-hmm. Anytime you gain an advantage by breaking a rule, you have a flawed system and game. Changing PI to a 15-yard penalty encourages good fouls, which he's right. It's a good email. Yeah. I agree. I think, I think we should keep the pass interference penalty the way it is. Next one from Nathan Meyer. Everson Griffin, Linval Joseph, and up-and-comer Daniil Hunter, and adding Sheldon Richardson. Does any other team have anything close to that good of a defensive line, or is it just a biased opinion for well, my team? That Eagles defensive line is pretty good with uh, Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham. and um, you know They had Vinnie Curry last year. They may not have him this year. Uh, Chris Long they had last year. Don't know if he's going to be back, yep. but the Eagles have a good D-line. I think the Rams, obviously, adding Indomitian Sue. That's right. They have a good defensive line, but I like ours. I mean, I think ours is right up there. I think ours is as, as good as it gets. You mentioned the Rams. Obviously, they have Aaron Donald in the middle and added Sue as well, so the interior of that line is pretty good, but yeah. when it comes to pass, pass rushers, I think we have as good as it gets. Yeah, so. me too. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the Wobcast. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and it was a jam-packed show, and hopefully we'll have another jam-packed show for you next week as we keep you up to date on all the news and notes surrounding the Minnesota Vikings, and we get closer and closer to the launch of the off-season program, at which point we'll be able to have some Vikings players on the Wobcast as guests as we kick off the off-season program. So that's going to do it for today. Thanks again for listening. On behalf of co-host and producer Chris Corso, I'm the host, Wobby, signing off for now. Have a good weekend, everyone.